The Rundown with Jess, a podcast for the culture. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. I can't really say nothing. I'm sitting on a I'm sitting on a blanket, so I can't laugh at nobody. Let's sit up. Let's sit up. Listen, put the back straight. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I guess we can get started. Okay. Okay. Well, guys, welcome to the first episode of the Rundown with Jess. I have a very special guest with me today. Her name is Brittany Taylor. I met her in college at the University of Tennessee Chattanooga. She's a boss mom, an entrepreneur, a therapist, a licensed therapist. She's a beach body coach. I mean, should I continue? But I'm going to let her <laughs> tell you a little bit more about herself. I'm so bashful when it comes to that. But yes, I am a licensed therapist. My master's is in mental health counseling, but I'm also a licensed alcohol and drug counselor. So I do both because I feel like those are intertwined. And then I picked up the beach body because we have to take care of ourselves physically, like physically, mental, spiritual, I believe those are all connected. So my goal is when I get my second license to have some type of holistic type practice, I would love to have a place where people could meditate. We could do fitness. I could do therapy, like something. Um, So that's me outside of being a mom and a wife. (laughs) I am a very busy, business-minded woman. Yes. Yes. All around, like an all around (laughs) go-getter. Period. (laughs) second license okay yeah i'm hoping to have it done by like march of next year so i'm working on like my lpc mhsp which if any therapists are listening to this they know what that means um but that's really just like a mental health one Mm -hmm. so i have a mental health license and a drug and alcohol license that's my goal i want to do both okay that's so awesome so i know you're doing a beach body can you tell whoever is listening, I guess a little bit about your your fitness background, like how did you get to the beach body, like that process for you? So I've been doing beach body for a while, like back when Insanity was hot. Do you remember like Insanity P90X days? (laughs) DVDs, yes. (laughs) The the beach body DVDs. I did Insanity after I graduated from UTC, Mm -hmm. um, lost weight there. But then after I had my daughter, beach body on demand was hot like back in 2016. So I did Insanity Max 30. I delivered my daughter almost 200 pounds. And I was just, she was a NICU baby and my friend had passed away. So I really needed something and I needed convenience because at that time I could really only work out at 4.30 in the morning. Yeah. Because I had to do it before she woke up, before my husband, like I had a little block of time to myself. So Beachbody On Demand was just convenient. They had 30 minute workouts. Um, and then I kind of fell off of that, got into running, got back in the gym as she got older, but then COVID happened. So I said, you know what, what has all, never failed me and always helped me beach body. So I was like, why don't I just be a coach? Like I've done this before. I've lost 50 pounds since having my daughter. I know how it helps me mentally. Why people have seen my journey. Why not just become a coach and help people like I've had to help myself? Cause I know what that feels like. You know, I'm not a naturally skinny girl by any means. Um, I look at cheesecake, I get five pounds. You know, I'm not a naturally fit girl. I didn't do, um, I wasn't an athlete in school. 
Yeah. You know, so um, everything I've taught myself from working out to half marathon, I've literally trained myself. So I was like, why can't I just do that for other people? Yeah. So I became a coach because of COVID. Yeah. And I'm sure everyone appreciates you for it because you have the um, the demeanor and the spirit and the bubbly personality to get people like, okay, y'all, come on, let's go do this. Because <laughs> I yes. know I can, do it, y'all can do it too. So yeah, I'm sure it's like a huge motivation to a lot of people out there, especially like women, who other women who have kids and feel like, oh, you know, I can't get this workout in. I don't have the time to get it in. But like you said, um, having that opportunity to, to, to be able to do that is good for your mental health. It's good mm-hmm. for your future. It's just all around good for you, period. Because that's an excuse I always hear. And I'm a con- it is an excuse. Like, I don't have time. Beachbody has 10-minute and 20-minute workouts. Gyms are too expensive. A full year of Beachbody is only $100 for the full year. And you can have weight training, cardio. They're dropping a running program that I'm in a test group for. You have everything at your fingertips. And it's literally convenient. One day I worked out at 9 o'clock at night. See? Like, excuse. Drop the excuse. And it, it, it works for my lifestyle. Mm-hmm. You know? So I'm like, and you got that too. Cause I was re- looking at your story earlier and when you were like, girl, you're not hungry. I was like, Oh, I'm not. I was about to go <laughs> to the fridge. I was about to go. <laughs> I said, you're right. Where my water? <laughs> Cause like literally because I had to, I think I've learned that for myself. Like, so I do um, intermittent fasting. So I do 16, eight. So I think one day last week I went almost 24 hours, not even thinking about what I'll eat it. I wasn't hungry. So I think since I've been doing this fasting, I've kind of trained my body like, you're not hungry, go get you some water. Like, you're not hungry. I've woken up at like midnight, one o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, man, I want to go downstairs and get me a snack. And I'll just be like, you're not hungry. And I thought I'd keep telling myself that for a few seconds, I go right back to sleep because I'm not hungry. Yes, I need to. I did intermittent fasting when I was losing the weight. Um, but now I fast in between meals, like the three to four hour window. Okay. I don't do the snacking. Okay. Like we don't really. You don't need, you don't need that. You don't need that. <laughs> Why are you eating every two hours? You're not. You're not. You're not, baby. You're not an infant. <laughs> what you need the snacks for? <laughs> you are forty-two years old. Put the snacks down. <laughs> and like literally, someone asked me a couple of weeks ago, like, what type of snacks did I eat? Literally in my cabinet, I probably have almonds, rice cakes, granola. And maybe some dried cranberries. I don't have yeah. snacks. I don't snack. If I do want something to snack on, I for some reason every week I've been going to get a, a whole watermelon and a cantaloupe, and I could I could finish both of those in a week by myself. Like I love fruit. So my whole thing is, if you don't snack on anything, go get you some fruit. Yes, go get fruit. So you said that I was like, I got an apple in there. I'm gonna eat that oh, when we get done. Yeah, while well, I go drive to pick up Haley, I'm gonna get an apple. Yeah, um, you like but, yeah. butter? Yes, I sometimes I put that in my um shakes. Okay. Like a creamy. Yeah. If you put it on, it's good on apples. I love it on apples. Is it? Mm-hmm. It's really good on apples. So See, you I'm should, gonna add that. Let me know what you think about it. <laughs> Cause you I'm trying not, to, huh? I said I'm trying to tell you, trying to make you a business partner. I'm trying to tell you. Listen, yes. I I've been like I've been, I seriously been thinking about it. someone else approached me on Instagram about I was like, um, Brittany already asked me. I was like, let me give let me get this other stuff up and rolling first and then I'm I'm be on top of so I think now like I've gotten more confident in like working out and stuff like that. So I was like, okay, I think I need to take it to the next level. So Yes, you got it. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Learn from the best. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, so today we're going to be talking about uh, mental health. And I feel like this year especially, like mental health has always been important. But I feel like especially this year is even more important because, you know, we, we're going through COVID. And then we've lost so many people today. And then we're also having to deal with social injustice issues. So um, my first question to you is, in your line of work, have you seen a huge influx of cases of people dealing with anxiety, depression, I guess, nervousness? I don't know what else you want to call it, but have you seen a huge influx of cases with that? Lots of anxiety and depression, um, lots of suicidal ideation. I had a suicidal patient at 730 in the morning last week. Um, every therapist I know, we are packed to capacity. Um, schedule stays full. I think last week, maybe Tuesday or Wednesday, I saw 19 people. Wow. And in one day. day. Just yes. We had to stack them up and kind of shorten the sessions because the need is so high that even if I can see somebody for 30 minutes, that's better than telling them that they can't get in. Um, because I try to remind people, we, we're going through something on a macro level, right? So we have something called macro trauma. That is covid that is a global trauma. But then people are experiencing micro traumas, whether it be losing somebody. Um, I would say racism is a macro trauma. But micro level, people are getting sick. People are losing their jobs. Pay is going down. Things that you might do for coping. If you and your girls used to go to brunch, you can't really do that. Gyms were closing. So we're experiencing little traumas within our little world and a big trauma within our big world. And I think people aren't realizing that we're going through a traumatic event. Right. So everybody is still having the same level of expectations with themselves instead of giving themselves grace. Mm -hmm. Like what they should be doing. Well, or what they shouldn't be doing, how they should be reacting. And I'm really reframing that. Like give yourself some grace. There's a global pandemic. Yeah. We have to adjust. So I think that's the hardest thing too. Minus people losing their jobs. Unemployment is not fun. Yeah. Especially if you were already having, they were already having a hard time. And if you have a family to support, it's not just you, you have a family to support as well. So now you feel that extra pressure, like, man, like I can't buy food. I can't buy clothes. Like we can't go anywhere. So now I have all this stress on me. And I was thinking about <clears throat> parents who have kids who have like um, physical disabilities or mental disabilities. Like if they're, they have autistic kids or, you know, that, like I said, they have a mental illness or something and now where you could take them somewhere to get a break to get some help now you're having to deal with that and on top if you lose your job that's a lot think about like I'm my friend has a, a child who is autistic and she talked about she shared about taking her child out to the store for the first time since the pandemic and if I just relate that to Haley, Haley doesn't have any disabilities, but she's also not used to going out with a mask on, telling her she can't touch things. And I'm all scaring her <laughs> into conforming into what we need to do for the pandemic. That's hard in itself. Mm. Like kids don't want to wear a mask. Kids, you know, they want to ride in the buggy. They want to touch everything. They want to speak to every stranger. So even telling her, you know, no, we can't go to the zoo or we can't go to the mall like we used to um, is an adjustment. So kids are bored. Yeah. And parents are stressed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
especially when you can't take them anywhere and they want to get out and all you can do is tell them no. And it's just like, what do you do? Cause you don't want to be, uh, <clears throat> I guess, sounding harsh to your kid or feel like you're yelling at them. Cause kids, they keep asking, they'll ask you 50,000 times. Why, <laughs> why can't I go? So just like, you know, how do you even deal with, deal with that? Like it's so, it's so many small things within it that people are having to deal with that some people don't realize. And on a personal level, when everything first happened, I brought my daughter home. So me and Jordan were working from home. I was doing telehealth. Haley's screaming in the background. She wants graham crackers because she's four. She doesn't care if I'm doing therapy. And then I'm like, okay, I should be doing her letters with her, but I'm trying to work. And she wasn't getting enough attention at home. So she was acting out. And I had to really take a step back and say, Brittany, you're not a teacher. You're working from home with a child at home and your only job is to do the best that you can. Yeah. Do my best and release the rest. Yeah. That's what I had to remind myself. I did. And then I had to face the hard choice. Like a lot of parents are about to make taking their kids back to childcare or school because you're stressed. If you keep them home, you're stressed. If you take them either way, you just have to do what's best for you. Yeah. So a lot of parents are also stressed and fearful and anxious of that choice. Yeah. Because I feel like when it comes to that choice, if people don't understand their situation, then judgment comes. Oh, well, why you why you don't want to keep your child at home? Oh, you must you probably don't want to deal with them. Oh, why are you sending your child to school? Like, you know, you, you're not in that situation. So it's just like you can't really say what's right or wrong for that parent. Right. Because before my new job, I was working at an inpatient residential facility. So I couldn't take her to work. My husband travels for work sometimes, so she had to go back to that care. You got to do what you got to do. You have to do what you have to do. And that that still makes me anxious to this day. But I'm just, I'm learning how to cope with it as I teach other people I work with how to cope with it. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. Um, let's see. My second question to you is, what are some coping mechanisms that people can use during this time, both individually, if you have family members that are dealing with um, anxiety, and also children that are dealing, like we just talked about, they don't understand the math, they don't understand why they have to put it on, or if some kids have seen some of the police brutality situations that have been going on, how do you, like, what's a way for each person to navigate that? Okay, I have a little list. Okay. So bear with me. No, go ahead. (laughs) So the first one is journaling. So, you know, such an underrated skill, but I need everybody to be like Moesha. Yeah. I need you to get your pen (laughs) and your notebook ready. Yeah. (laughs) Because if we do not get the thoughts out of our head and put them on paper, then they're going to stay up there. Mm -hmm. We have to be able to put them on paper and look at them rationally. Mm -hmm. Um, if your child isn't able to do that from a a child standpoint process it don't be afraid to have the hard conversations especially when it comes to being black and police brutality Haley's four I don't have to have that conversation with her yet because she has no idea what I'm talking about yeah Um, but with COVID we made it a game you know protecting yourself for the virus the virus is this color when it's mad, it's this color when it's happy, this is how we get the germs off, and we turned it into something fun that wasn't necessarily scary, so she could process it. Okay. The next one I have is meditating. Mm. 
And there's going to be people who say they can't meditate. You meditate, right? Yes, yes. So what's your experience? So when I first started out, because sometimes like if I have like a lot of stuff going on that I feel I have to do, my mind is I'm processing so many thoughts at once. So when I first started trying to do it, it wasn't going well at all. Like I would get five seconds in, I'm like, oh man, I forgot to take that out the oven or something crazy. But um, I was like, well, I started doing it at nighttime. So it starts instead of doing it during the day, I said, okay, let's just start at night. So I put on like an instrumental song and then I'll just sit there. And then if my mind starts to wander, I have like a, um, I don't know what you would call it. Not a safe word, but just something that I like, I just say trees, for instance. If I see my mind wandering, I'll say trees in my mind and be like, okay, bring your thoughts back. So I always have that word to bring yourself back. So now I can kind of do about music now. I can just sit in quiet and just be mellow. You hear that? That's quiet. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's that's my take on it. That's amazing. So for people like me, I can't do that yet because I am naturally a hype person. Like you know me, people who might be listening that know me, like I am live. That's just my baseline. Party <laughs> all day. Yeah. So I like guided meditations like especially for beginners, like five minute meditations. Um, Simple Habit app is my favorite. They have everything for uh, pregnancy, postpartum, work, COVID. You can put anything in the search bar, anger, and they have guided meditations for all kinds of topics. That's awesome. Favorite app. It also helps save me postpartum. That's the app I went to um, every morning. Okay. Um, But also to your point about your mind will wander, and I need people to know that because that's what it's supposed to do. Yeah. Our mind, we're, you know, we're cavemen. It was supposed to keep us safe. We, we're supposed to be thinking about all these things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would do, I do a leaf on the water stream when I get distracted. So I have this leaf and on the water stream. And when I think like, oh, I need to get my nails done. I like put that thought on the leaf and let it go down the stream. That's good. I like that. And I bring it back. Okay. So it's funny you said trees. I do leaves. I put it on the leaf and let it flow down the stream. And um, mindful.org is a good resource for mindfulness. I love mindful. I want to say, is that the app that I have? Um, no, I have Headspace, but I, I have used mindful before. But Headspace is awesome too. I love Headspace. I love his voice. Yes, it's so common. So I do his, I do that in the morning now. And then mm-hmm. I, I may do the bad one at nighttime. Yes, I love. Yeah, I have different ones too. At nighttime, if you're struggling with sleep, Delta Waves. Hmm, I've never heard of that. Delta Waves is a deep brainwave frequency. So it kind of tricks your brain into getting into a deep sleep. Hmm, okay. So for, like my daughter has nightmares. So when she wakes me up, how to... My sleep, I have a hard time getting back to sleep, so I cut those delta waves on. Okay. Knocks me right back out. That's also a good meditation um, vibe as well. Okay, I have to try that. I've been, so last week I bought um, Sleepy Time, the extra Sleepy Time tea. So I've been drinking that before bed, and I'll be out. But the thing with that is, it'll make you go to sleep fast, but sometimes I wake up during the middle of the night, and I notice it does put me in like, a deep sleep because I'll have like vivid dreams. Like, um, they're so real. I'm just like, okay, I know I was in deep sleep that night because of that dream, but yeah. 
That's the other thing too. I tell people, um, which is why I tell my patients. So this is for anybody because some people take melatonin or some of my patients, say for instance, my patients who need to take medication. So I go, um, I don't know the word I'm looking for. Let's skip over that. But <laughs> people who need to take medicine for their psychiatric care. Um, I always tell them pills don't build skills, right? So they want to take trazodone or melatonin for sleep at night, but they still are restless. And I'm like, well, you know, pills don't build skills. So what are you doing for sleep hygiene? How are we turn our brains off at night? Because we have to teach our brain to do that. So are we doing our meditations? Um, are we winding down? Are we getting off our electronics? Are we doing like Sudoku or crossword puzzles to exercise our brains before bed so it gets tired? Sleep hygiene is so important, especially in times like this. Very. Because you could be scared of I don't, anything mm-hmm. nowadays between getting killed in the streets because you're black or, you know, you went to go get some milk and you done caught the COVID. Like <laughs> our minds could go on all day. Right. Because it, it's either you worry about yourself or you worry about a family member or something going on with someone else. So it's, it's always constantly something. And I always tell people, and I like that you made that point about um, getting off your electronics before you go to bed. I always try to make it a point to where an hour before I go to sleep. I'm not on it. So uh, I try to I try to read a book or I haven't, I need a crossword puzzle. I haven't tried Sudoku in a long time. So I just need to start doing stuff like that. But I do read before I go to bed. So that kind of helps. Yes. We seen old people do it back in the day. It's a reason to that. Yeah. Oh yeah, me too. Um, I put deep breathing on here, which is like a meditation technique. But I like to do... Four, six, eight breathing. Okay. Four, eight, eight, six, four. <laughs> I think so right. breathing. Right. I four, think six, eight. Right. Yeah, yeah. So breathe in deeply for four, hold for six, and then breathe out for eight. Yeah. Because physiologically, your body can't stay anxious. Mm-hmm. So people forget that too. Like there's so many techniques that are at our fingertips that don't cost us anything. Yeah. Free. <laughs> Free 99. Free 99. The other two things I put on here is fun and creativity. Okay. At some point when we get old, we stop making time for fun. We get very serious. But, you know, COVID is a time for fun and creativity. Get the water guns out. Yeah. Start baking. Do something, you know, to relieve yourself of the daily stresses of adulthood. Yeah. So I often ask my patients, what are you doing for self-care? What are you doing for fun? Yeah. And they're like, oh, fun. I'm like, yeah. When's the last time you did something just for the fun of it? I feel like a lot of people have gotten away from fun because they're literally like this all day long. When you go to people's houses, kids are like this. Dinner time, this. Like, everybody's just on their phone. So growing up, we were outside playing in dirt. <laughs> like we were outside just playing. Like, you know, my, we grew up, my dad was like, you know, y'all not sitting in the house all day. Y'all better go outside. Like, you know, you're not standing here watching TV. You know, phones weren't big like that when we were growing up. So you just not, you know, I feel like now, like it's so much technology and it's all people know. That's all they want to be on. So. Yes. It, I was, our new house, I have a covered back patio and a covered front porch. And I was like, I need both of those. That was a non-negotiable because I need my tea and my mornings on the front and I need my nights 
and my wine on the back. Guess who's going to be back there with you? <laughs> Haley? <laughs> no, listen, Haley and me. I'm going to be back there. Yes, over. It's going to be a whole move. Yeah, I'm going to be back there too. Listen, I'll bring a bottle of wine. I'm going to be back there. <laughs> I made it specifically so I can have intentional spaces to disconnect like electronically, but connect with other people. Yeah. yeah. Like ain't nobody going to be on my front and back porch with their phones or iPads. Yeah. I like that. I like it. Cause I, I it's that connection is, it just does something for you. Like you talking face to face with another human being like it. I don't know. It just really does something for me anyway. So my quote for that is we're wounded in isolation and we heal in community. Mm, that's good. We're literally meant to be connected to other people. That's how God designed us mm-hmm. to connect with other people. He did not design us to be in isolation. And I think that's, again, why other people, not other people, like I'm not having a hard time, but people <laughs> around the world are having a hard time. Yeah. Because we need to be connected. I think we're just being pushed to be connected in different ways. Mm-hmm. You know, the ways we used to connect, you know, going out, do hookah, do brunch and all that stuff. Like maybe we need other connections. We need to start hiking together again. Yeah. Picnicking. Picnicking. <laughs> going on picnics. <laughs> I know what you meant. <laughs> we, we not, y'all know what I mean. <laughs> I know what she meant. <laughs> we need to start going out and going for walks and doing bike riding. Like that's how we need to start connecting with people again. It doesn't always have to be boozy brunches and, you know, hookah and whatever else we were doing to connect with other people. So I think we're being pushed. I'm using this as an opportunity to push myself to do things differently and maybe restart myself. And I'm also pushing my clients to do that as well. I'm not saying I'm not going to be at brunch when the world opens up, but I know that won't be my only mode of connecting with my girlfriends. Right. Right. I like that. That's one thing. Well, nature has been one my go-to. It's a really nice park here um, in Clarksville. So on Sundays, usually I'll go, I'll go there and walk. And I love it because it's just the quiet just does something for me. Like just hearing the wind blow through the trees. It's just calming and relaxing. Like I wish I do really do hope more people get into that. Like it's it's just it's a common it's a peace just going outside listening to the birds not having any music anything mm-hmm. playing just listening to nature listening to the sounds around you the natural sounds around you it's just so peaceful and relaxing and it'll calm your spirit seriously yeah because that's the one thing that's constant if you think about it in this world you know construction is always happening we always have different people in office it's a pandemic but the one thing that hasn't changed is the environment the birds, the trees, the streams, those things are constant. They've been here long before us and they're going to be here long after us. That's why it's so grounding because there's so much history Mm -hmm. in them. There's so much strength in nature. Mm -hmm. Like that's why I love running. Running is a whole spiritual experience. Yeah. So do you run with music or do you run without music? Or is it in between? In between. So sometimes I might run with, music that isn't very mindful okay <laughs> might be Megan the Stallion hey listen <laughs> my workout playlist is all over the place it depends on what mood I'm in <laughs> and then sometimes I do I run I do guided runs like with this test group I'm in my guided 
run is with the trainer that's doing it and she does guided intervals and she kind of has like an ocean sound in the background and she's reminding of your breathing of your pace how you're holding your arms your knees like your posture Mm -hmm. so sometimes I do like a grounding running or a guided running to remind me of my breath and you know how I'm holding myself when I'm running so I don't injure myself and I become a better runner so I do both okay okay and I, I need to give a view about the running techniques because I'm so I've kind of cut back on my run. So my thing was I was trying to get to a certain size. So now when I go to the gym, the max time I run is 15 minutes and a minimum is 12. But the rest of my workout is strength training. But I do want to run a race one day. So I want to make sure that my posture, like you said, posture and everything is correct because I don't want to injure myself. And I know you're a trained runner, so you can teach me that. <laughs> yes, train myself from the ground up. See, see, that's why I'm going to get with you. Are you going to Hashtag boss. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. So did you have one more thing for us? Um. Yes. Okay. Um, the only thing we haven't covered or I talked about a little bit is expectations and grace. Okay. Like we really like let's reevaluate our expectations for ourselves and for others during this time right because some people aren't able to reach out as much as they as much as you would like them to because they're trying to just make sure they're okay you never know when somebody's holding on by a thread and then also giving ourselves grace like if you gained a COVID-10 okay like you can lose it like it's not some things are not detrimental and some things can also be reversed Mm -hmm. so just giving ourselves grace to say it was a global pandemic I had a hard time but I can get back on the horse you know Mm -hmm. and I think that's something I had to learn for myself because beginning of the year I had started like a couple of businesses and then right when I one of them was juicing like making milk for people or whatever and literally the next week I was supposed to bring some for my co-workers to work and they told us that Friday you all going to be working from home. So that was a kind of bummer for me. And then, you know, I had to kind of step back from social media a little bit because everyone's like, oh, if you're not coming out of this five, seven businesses, if you're not doing this, this, <laughs> and this, like, what are you doing with your time? Like, and then I just had to think, like, that's not everybody's season right now. Somebody, some people, that may be their season, start their business, get the stuff going. Other people's seasons, this is their time to sit down, reconnect with their family, work on their mental health, work on their spiritual health. Everybody's not supposed to be busy, busy, busy doing all this stuff. Now, if they come to the time during this pandemic, like, okay, I'm ready to go. Okay, go for it. But I just wish that some people wouldn't push people like, you need to be doing this. Like, no. Because some of the transformation that some people are going through can't be seen on social media. My internal transformation, I can't, I don't have the words to, to broadcast that. Like everything isn't business. Although I became a coach during the pandemic, I solely did it just to keep myself accountable. Um, But overall, this is a a period of rest for me because coaching doesn't take much effort because it's just really me being me. I'm a workout anyway. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make healthy choices anyway. So why not gas up some fellow women to yeah. do it too? <laughs> but th- I love, I have loved the slowing down. Like me and Jordan got to a point where, oh, we had a baby shower this weekend, a birthday party. Someone got to go out of town. There was no gaps in our schedule. Yeah. And I'm not, I can't go back to that. If I can't make a, a birthday celebration because I need rest and that's just what I'm going to have to do. So sometimes like 
we need to prioritize resting in our generation. That's what's wrong with us. Yes. It's like you have to you have to be on a go. If you if you're not on a go, what are you doing with your life? You're not doing anything. But guess what word I've learned that's become strong in my vocabulary? No. <laughs> like yeah. I, no. No, like and it saying no without explaining myself while I'm telling you no. Like if you want me to do this, you want me to do that? No. Cause I, I had a bad habit in the past. I would tell people no and give them some explanation as to why I couldn't do it. Now it's just no, because I need to take care of myself. Like I can't always be, you know, at your beck and call or you want me to come do this. I can't do it. No. Mm-hmm. Like my therapist told me, and if you have a therapist and they don't have a therapist, that's a whole nother conversation. Um, like my therapist told me I am enough. I'm doing enough and I don't need to do any more. Because being able to sit still, if you can't sit still with yourself and be at peace, that's something else that we need to talk about. That's another podcast episode. Yes, yes, (laughs) definitely. (laughs) We're definitely going to talk about that. Yes, we got to do it. Part two. Part two. (laughs) Okay, those were some really good. I like all of those tips. I like like all of them. I think my favorite uh, is the meditation and the journaling. So every night I try to make it a point to journal, like, you know, what were the highs of my day? What were the lows of my day? What are some things that I feel like I could have done better throughout my day? And then just my anticipations for the next day, like what I look forward to. So I, the journaling, I think, is like really big. And like you said, especially if you don't have anyone to talk to, get those thoughts out of your head. Don't let them keep running around in there because then they'll drive you crazy. So get them out some type of way. So um, let's see. My next question to you is, how has your practice changed during all of this? And how has your life changed during all of this? Um, oof, That's a loaded question because, you know, I feel like we were behind when it came to telehealth. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually glad that telehealth got, we got pushed into it in both of the companies that I was working for because that's such an untapped market. Mm-hmm. People need that. And there are people that don't necessarily have the means to get to an appointment. And we were missing out on helping so many people. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side of that, we were helping so many people. Yeah. So my role has changed. My self-care has changed. And I'm just busier mm-hmm. at work than I have ever been. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, I have 200 patients. Now, I don't see them all in one week. But I have 200 patients and I'm pretty sure if I was in private practice right now, I would be full. And that's another thing that um, COVID has pushed me to. I wasn't too sold on doing private practice, um, but I think that I think I'm being called to it because there's such a need there. So, and you know, I don't see patients a lot that look like us. That's another issue I feel in the middle of Tennessee area or Tennessee at large. I have not really served patients that look like me. And, and that's a problem. topic. That's another huge topic that needs to be discussed. Like it's, uh, I'll just touch on a little bit because I feel like it's a taboo for people that look like us to go get therapy. Like you know, some of us grew up where you know just pray about it. That was the answer to everything. Just pray about it. And I've discussed this with um, my other friends before. Like my brother, he's a he's a surgeon and. I'll never forget him telling me this. And I appreciate him telling me this. Um, I was going through like a really bad depression a couple of years ago. And 
I didn't want to take medication. Like, I, you know, my mom just kept saying, pray about it. You know, it's going to be okay. God's going to fix it, you know, or whatever. My brother was like, you know, take the medicine. He said, God created people and put them on this earth to help people like you or anybody else that may go through those times. He said, it's not something that you're going to be on for the rest of your life. This is just to get you through this time period. Because I myself was like, you know, I don't want to be on antidepressants for the rest of my life. You know, some of them, you can't breastfeed. You you know, you can't be pregnant with them. And that's one thing before I even took them. You know, I pray as God's like, okay, you know, I, I look like I need this medication, try to get through this tough period of my life. But you know, it's something I don't want to do long term because I want to have kids one day. And I think me praying that before I took the meds, I probably was only on it four months max. Mm-hmm. And I haven't been on it since. So I, I would tell people, go get the help. Go talk yes. to somebody. If you need to get the medication, it's not for the rest of your life. Some people, they, they do take it for the rest of their life, but others, it, it's not a death sentence. And it's not a life sentence. If you need to take it for three, four, six months, do that. Get off of it. Win yourself off of it. It's not, like I said, it's not a life sentence. And I wish people that look like us would realize that. So, yes. And, you know, there are diagnoses that you will need medication for the rest of your life, but that's the extreme mental illness, right? That's the, the schizophrenia the bipolar one and two, and I'm talking about officially diagnosed bipolar because we throw that around in the black community a lot. Oh, you know, she's bipolar. Yeah. (laughs) She's really not. She's really not. She's just anxious or in a domestic violence or trauma situation. She might be responding to some type of trauma um, or like major depressive disorder. Those are three that I think for a while, you would need to be on medication to get fully stabilized, especially with the schizophrenia. Mm-hmm. However, your depressions, your anxieties, your PTSDs, um, things that people experience on a, a regular basis, postpartum, mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with getting something to help stabilize you. Wow. And because in my practice now, it's me, the nurse, and the doctor. To see the doctor, they have to see me because you can't do one without the other. We work together. Mm-hmm. And there's no shame in that. And white people have been doing that for a long time. Mm-hmm. And there's no shade to the white people. Y'all just have a, 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 a better advantage. And I think also, when did we learn to be comfortable with vulnerability? Right. And to say, I need help. Right. Where, where was that safe space? So we have a lot of, um, like you were telling me about, like generational trauma to work through so we can get to a healthier place. Because, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, I, I battle with it. I literally went back and forth for at least two months. Like, you know, okay, I'll go ahead and take it. And then I, and then I felt guilty. I felt bad. And I was like, man, I shouldn't be taking it. Like, you know, we don't take medication, you know, cause it's a generational thing. Like we don't take medication. We just pray about it. We're like, no, like the depression gets so bad. I was like, okay, Jessica, at this point, you need to go listen to your brother, go take the medicine, take it for however long you need it, get off of it. And I think at that point, that's when I really started. When I, once I came off the medicine, I made sure I started taking my vitamins. Vitamin D is a good vitamin to help with depression. So I made sure I take my vitamin D, my vitamin C. I started eating healthy. So when people be like, you know, they probably like, Jessica, I always pushing eat fruits and vegetables. There's, there's a reason. Yes. It's all tied together. And yeah. I even 
tell my patients, if you're feeling stressed, get you some black tea. Black tea reduces cortisol. Green tea has the precursor for dopamine in it, which is our happy hormone. If you think the way we treat our body and the things we put in our body does not affect your mental health, like you are so wrong. So Those wrong. two are so connected. So, so wrong. Like I have family members that I... I it's like I'm like just trying to drain like what word am I trying to use drill it in them like you know because you know they like the candy and the cakes and the chips and I'm just telling them over and over like not only is it messing up it your teeth or you're driving your blood sugar levels up it's messing with your mental because you're getting all that sugar all that salt and like you said it's all tied in like it's not just oh i want to eat healthy for a nice looking body no it's all connected and if you're not taking care of yourself it's gonna it's gonna affect you one way or the other yeah like how and how do we become okay with not taking care of ourselves and that's another podcast episode too like black especially black women like misery was okay like feeling weighed down by the world was okay. Carrying the weight of the family on your back is okay. No. no. When, where did we learn that? Where? <laughs> where? Why? How? <laughs> why? Yes. Yes. Why? And I, I posted about this on Facebook a while ago, but definitely me and my husband talk about all the time. We can't control the generations behind us, but um, our um, pastor at church said you affect the next four generations so us my child my child my my grandchildren my great-grandchildren so I impact whatever I decisions I make I'm about to impact four generations worth of decisions so not feeling like I have to go back and correct the generations before me because that can be a heavy weight to carry but the next four generations how can I impact that so I've really been focusing more on that so I can get away from Mama, no, we still can't eat ramen noodles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, I, if I go home sometimes, like relatives or some, you know, they, they may be eating certain stuff. And then the thing is, oh, you know, you only get one life. You right. You only get one life. But, you know, why shorten it? Not <laughs> eating that way. Like, why not extend your life? Like, yeah. And then, it, you know, it's always, oh, well, you know, you can be in a car wreck or something else could happen. That, you know, that's true. That could happen. But what, what are the chances of that happening? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just trying to, um, I don't know, maybe I'll save this next question or this next topic for another podcast because you, you brought it up, the multi-generational anxiety issue. So I think, because I feel like we really need to talk about this. That's not something that I want to really rush through. Mm-hmm. So we can save that for something else. Um, yeah, we could definitely talk about generational trauma and epigenetics, right? So epigenetics is how you pass down trauma. So we're literally living through trauma of slaves, right? And how, yeah, that we got to talk. We got to break that down. Okay. <laughs> Join us for part two. <laughs> um, let's see. My, my next question is, how are therapists able to deal with the same trauma and loss as their clients? Like as far as like it, if it could be COVID or, you know, sickness, whatever the case may be, like how are therapists able to deal with? Because I know that has to be a lot. Like if you're you if you have your own stuff that you're going through and you're also taking on this heaviness that somebody else is bringing to you and not trying to separate that from, oh, I leave this at work and I have to go home and do everything that I need to do for my family. Yes. So I would recommend anybody who's seeking a therapist, 
you're your biggest advocate. So ask your therapist, when do they have a therapist? Because mm-hmm. if I'm taking in therapists, we get this thing called secondary PTSD. If I'm listening to trauma all day long, right? I'm putting that into my soul and my spirit. So where am I going to deal with that? Mm-hmm. So your therapist should have a therapist. And secondly, what do they do for supervision? Okay. Especially if they're in private practice, who am I bouncing these ideas off of? You know, I'm working on my second license, so I, I still see um, a licensed supervisor twice a month mm-hmm. to bounce whatever's going on in my practice. Um, so, how do they receive supervision? What does that look like for them? And do they have a therapist? Okay. I think that's so important. Okay. I like that the therapist having a therapist because, like you said, if I have my own stuff I'm dealing with and I'm, your your stuff probably super heavy, pounding on top of my stuff, I have to have an outlet where I'm letting this out at, or I'm going to drive myself crazy. And I'm gonna be honest because you know I see predominantly white males. Mm. So when everything was going on with the George Floyd, not like this stuff hasn't been going on, but it was magnified because we were in isolation. And it was so disgusting what they did to them. And I had to go and figure out how to do therapy with white men and who, you know, parents, you know, I had a family session and the dad flew in on his plane. He flew their family plane in for the family session because he's a pilot. They own their own plane. Like level, like some of my clients are very wealthy. So I had to have a space Mm. so I could show up. Yeah. So therapists need therapists. If yeah. your therapist don't got it, I know therapists who don't have therapists. There's a, I, would, <laughs> I would have to have someone. Because like you said, with the whole George Floyd situation, I would have to, especially, and it, you bringing up the fact that, you know, you were seeing majority white males. They're just, it's just crazy to me. It's like, black males needed to be in the office at that time. Why aren't y'all in this office get in therapy because you're a black man and you saw another black man beg for his life first of all beg for his life and Mm -hmm. then to still lose his life by someone's knee being pushed on his neck and not just him Amar Arbery who was chased Mm -hmm. down and shot like an animal so Mm -hmm. you're a black man constantly seeing this but yet it's the majority of white males not to say they don't need because they're human it affects them too but that's crazy to me that it's more white males that's showing up for therapy and not black men. And that goes back to the generational stuff. Yes. And, you know, just for a while, you know, the founder of psychology and all of this is um, Freud, mm. a white man mm. who did cocaine at that. We're not going to let that go. <laughs> Freud was doing cocaine with the best of them. So... <laughs> historically people who you go see for mental health did not look like me Mm. did not look like George Floyd. We're just now coming into it. So therapy for black girls, that website has a directory and you can literally search for any black therapist within your zip code or your area. I always recommend that therapy for black girls.com is a great resource. So you can get now disclaimer, my therapist is a white woman and listen, She's about that life. I love her. However, if you are new to this and you feel like you need somebody who looks like you, that's a good resource. Okay. And so you guys go check that out, therapyforblackgirls.com. Now, so there's also, males can also look on their website. It's not just for... I feel like there were some... Don't give me the line. Okay. Okay. I know it's black women on there, but 
psychology today, if you looked up therapists like in your area, they also have their pictures. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I know there's a few black therapists on there, but I have some black male therapist friends and I'm trying to push them into private practice. Um, but they're unicorns right now. Okay. Well, you keep you keep pushing because we definitely need more black males, you know, in the private practice. And it is not to like just, you know, I guess what I'm pick on black males, I guess, sort of speak. But you guys, please, please, please go get therapy, please. There's nothing wrong with it. Don't be embarrassed about it. Don't be ashamed about it. Don't let anyone talk down on you because you go get it. We all need help. Nobody on this earth is perfect. We all need help. We all have times where we're probably close to a breakdown, but you know, go get help, please. Like it's available. Go get it. Yes. Um, Lastly, (laughs) I have for you. Oh, I don't know if you've already shared or you have more resources. Um, What are any resources you know of that are available to individuals who are having a tough time with their anxiety or depression? So I know you mentioned the journaling and meditation, but as far as like, um, I don't know, what other resources would there be? (laughs) Therapy for Black Girls. She also has a lovely podcast. I don't feel like it's just geared for Black women. It has some very informative stuff on there. Um, 10% Happier is a good podcast. Mindful.org is an amazing free resource. You can literally put anything into the search bar like anger, depression, anxiety, and all these articles will come up with why we react the way we do to shame or whatever and ways to cope with that. Okay. Um, I feel like there was some stuff on there about racial trauma too. Um, and then of course, psychology today. So you can reach out for help. So many people are doing telehealth right now. So there's like no excuse. Mm-hmm. It's at your fingertips. And if we can get killed in the street like dogs, why can we not use these resources to get help? Mm-hmm. Like that's something that we have control over. So not why not take that next step? Yeah. And like you said, most of some of the resources are free. So you on your phone anyway, like get out for Instagram, get off of Facebook, go to mindful.org or psychology today, like go get your help. <laughs> yes, you can get lost in mindful.org, just like full of good resources for yourself. Like you get lost on TikTok. Like one night I was on mindful.org for like an hour. I was like, oh, I need to read about shame. Oh, I'm reading about shame. I need to read about anger. Like I just was like looking, you want to do so much good stuff. Mindful.org, the three things that saved me postpartum would be journaling, meditating, mm-hmm. mindful.org. If I felt anxious at work, I would log on to mindful.org and just start reading articles. Like those three pull me out of just a awful dark time in my life. Mm-hmm. So I, I swear by mindful.org. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, I think for me, it's meditating, journaling, and just I've learned, I've grown to love sitting in silence. So when I, when I, when I was a few years ago, when I like the anxiety I was dealing with and depression was like was really high or whatever, it's kind of scared me to sit in quiet. I always had to have some going like growing, even growing up, even through college, like people were like, how are you able to do that? I would have the TV on music going, talking to somebody. Like I had all these stimulants on around me going on around me. So it went on for years. And then so I finally got to a point that I sat in quiet and it scared me Mm -hmm. because I was used to all this stuff on. So um, maybe like 
early this year, I finally got to the point. I was like, man, like I enjoy sitting. This quiet is nice. It's good. Like it didn't scare me anymore. So yeah, quiet is like my third. That's like my top one out of the three. <laughs> that's so good. And we forgetting our favorite physical health. Oh, how can I forget? First of all, listen, <laughs> go to the gym right after this. <laughs> Yes. And physical, oh my gosh, physical health is just, I love, like sometimes I have to stop myself. Like I can be at the, I'm just like, why are you at the gym for two hours? There's no reason why you should be at the, but once, listen, I told you my playlist, especially if it's a good song and I'm, I'll am i be like, okay, I've been here for an hour and a half. And I'm, like, I'm going to stop after this song. Then the next song start playing. Oh, this is my joint. Like I'm going to turn up again. Like, so, you know, but exercising is, it's it's awesome. Like if you don't do anything else, go for a walk. Jog if you don't have a gym membership, outside is free. Go jog outside. Go walk down the street. You know, go buy your resistance banded store. Do lunges up and down the road, up and down your driveway. There's so many things you can do. Amen. I purposely worked out before this, like this morning. I was like, if I work out, go ahead and get out the way. I'm going to be my best for this podcast. <laughs> yeah. I, I know. I get the notifications on my watch. I'm like, dang, Brittany, it worked out again. Like, let me get, hold on, let me get myself together. <laughs> like, I be getting a notification six o'clock in the morning. Sometimes I'm just now waking up like, what, what in the world? <laughs> Look, mom, like, I got to get in where I fit in. Because yeah. sometimes I'm like, y'all, this is the little bit of time to myself. Don't nobody bother me. <laughs> Yeah, let me get this in. <laughs> or I'm going to kill everybody in here. <laughs> I'm so proud of you, though. Like, just seeing, like, everything you're doing. And, like, when you when you put your updates up on Instagram, I'm like, man, Brittany, it is. Again, like, like I said, you're, like, you're really motivational. And I'm just, like, proud of everything that you enjoy and are doing. And your daughter is just adorable. <laughs> it's just, like, man, Shaley is so cute. <laughs> but, yeah, it's you're awesome. Thank you so much. You too. You always been awesome and sweet. And like, I'm like, <laughs> man, I wish I could be as nice and gentle. Listen, as Jessica. It like, took me a while to get here. Like, okay, <laughs> let me let me say this. I am a, I am a nice person for the most part. I think I I was how should I put it? I was I was pushover nice. Um. So, Going, especially going through college, maybe not so much like growing up, but college, I was pushed over nice. But it's like now as an adult, I'll still be nice to you, but I'm not going to let you push me so far. <laughs> like now I'm going to say something back to you. Like I wouldn't really say anything back then, but overall, I'm a nice person. <laughs> you are. Ain't nothing wrong with being nice and having boundaries. Yeah. Because yeah. people will try you. <laughs> Hello? And you... Don't think you only need boundaries with people that try you. You might need boundaries with people you care about too. Oh, I listen. I I don't know how many people I cut off this summer. Like I had to <laughs> chop it off. Like that's it. Like I'm because you know after so many years of when I mean, you get tired of manipulation and all this other stuff, yeah. so many years of it, and I finally got because I told someone I have a process. You know, other people are like you know I would have cut them off a long time ago. I cut people off like this. Because I'm such a caring person, I have a process. So you know, it may, for instance, I'll use social media for in, instance. I might not delete you. I'll, I'll mute you starting off. Yes. And then, I find, and then I'll work my way up to the next step to finally I'll delete you. And then if need be, I'll block you. 
after that point. So I mean, that works in my real life too. Like, you know, they start, I start off, I'll stop talking to you. I delete your number and then I'll block you. Like if I, I have to go through those steps with people, I can't just cut people off. Like I'll try to give you a chance to redeem yourself, but I feel like if there's no, no redeeming, oh, that's it. Mm-hmm. That is me 100%. Yeah. Oh, you're a cancer too, right? July birth. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Cancer. Listen, we don't play them games. We care about you. But don't try us. <laughs> Do not try. I'm a, I'm a lover, not a fighter. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm not a killer, but don't push me. Don't push me. <laughs> <laughs> don't push me. Like, I be trying to tell people, like, but just because y'all so nice. We are. But don't, don't, just don't. You know, don't take it too far. <laughs> don't take don't take the kindness for weakness. I've learned in my adulthood is a real thing. People will really do that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, wait, you thought because I was kind, I was a, wait, no, <laughs> this ain't that. <laughs> Let me remind you, because apparently you didn't know. So, you know, I, you know, I won't fault you for it, but now you know. <laughs> <laughs> now you know. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me today. I, I appreciate all the good information and tips that you shared about mental health and things people can do for them, do for themselves, rather, and their families. Yeah. Um, do you have any last thoughts or any positive quotes or I like to end like it's been positive but I like to end like on a really big positive note I like sharing quotes or whatever so whatever you want to do to end it so one I'm gonna say find me on Instagram at Brit B-R-I-T underscore Taylor 88 that's where I do my morning mindfulness. That's where you see me working out. That's when I post when I'm doing um, speaking engagements. That's where you can find me. And then the quote I'm going to leave you with is literally doing my best and releasing the rest. You do not have to be a 10 all the time. If you wake up and you feel like a strong five, be the best five you've ever seen. Do your best and release the rest. Yes. Do my best and release the rest is what we're going to do. <laughs> This was so much fun. I'm so thankful that you could join me today. So guys, check Brittany out. Make sure you follow her on Instagram. And if you need therapy yourself, check her out. Hit her up. If you want to join her Beachbody team, hit her up. (laughs) We're doing big things. And we're called Team Rainbow because we come back strong after every storm. Boom. Okay. So yeah, if you want to join Team Rainbow, make sure you hit me up. She is awesome. Um, well, guys, thank you for joining us today. And I hope you all have a great week. Bye.